Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a live edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, and that song you just huh, you just heard was a one shining moment. So it's March Madness getting closer. Next Sunday night will be one of our biggest shows of the year. You know, Selection Sunday, we're going to talk about all the matchups, get ready to fill out those those important brackets and Hopefully you listen to the show and, and learn some things and call in and share, and we can learn from you as well. But I know a lot of people aren't very excited about March Madness this year, and it's I think it's because there's there's just not a lot of great basketball being played right now. And you see one team, the Kentucky Wildcats, that's dominated the regular season. But, but don't let that, that fool you right now. Everybody thinks that it's a foregone conclusion that Kentucky is going to win the national championship. But as we all know, these undefeated teams like this usually fall. And and as a Kentucky kind of bandwagon fan every year, um, you know, I, I was hoping they would lose a game or two during the regular season, but they didn't lose it. So now they, they head into the SEC tournament. They're locked in a number one seed regardless of what happens in that tournament. So, you never know what can happen. But the question I have for everybody out there tonight is, should Kentucky lose the first game of the SEC tournament and get that Saturday and Sunday extra rest, two days extra rest before playing in the tournament? Or is the 40-0 and record what they're really after? To me, a national championship is a national championship. It doesn't matter if you win six, if you lose six or seven games. If you can win the tournament – and win the national championship, that's all that matters. But never would I lose on purpose. But those extra days would be nice. Kentucky enters this weekend, probably with Duke, as the two locks for the number one seeds. I think Duke is. I know Kentucky is. But there's some there's some number one seeds up for grabs this time. We have Virginia. They lost last night to Louisville. They're looking for a number one seed. Villanova looking for a number one seed, Wisconsin, Arizona. So all these number one seeds up for grabs. Only four teams get it. Really, there's only two spots left. You can Kentucky, they've locked in, in my opinion. And Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Badgers, I, I'm really very, very high on this team. If they can get a number one seed, I love their chances probably to make it to the final four. But if they get a number two seed in the Midwest, like some are projecting, they're in the same bracket as Kentucky, but Wisconsin is the one team in the country that can beat Kentucky. You mark it down. I've said it for weeks. They're the team that matches up. They have the best player on the court in Comiskey. I believe that's his name. I've watched them play over the last few months, and they've gotten better. They're a very, very unselfish basketball team, and that's what you need in order to be a team like Kentucky. You need to play very unselfish basketball, and that's exactly what they do. And, and one thing about Kentucky that people don't realize, this is not a team that that has one score, and that's all they look at. But this is a team that 
the leading scorer on the team averages 12 a game. So what that tells you, they play great defense, and that's obvious, looking at their record. But they spread it around. They're 10 deep, 9, 10 deep. That if, if somebody's got a cold hand that night, they just plug someone else in. So it's a, a lot of, of a team effort. You have a lot of different bench players scoring double digits. It is, and that's why I like Kentucky's chances to win the whole thing. It's not like we're Wisconsin, where the where Kaminsky, he's the the best player on the floor. He's the bread and butter to Wisconsin. If he goes out, he gets in foul trouble, or he has a cold night shooting. Wisconsin's done. Kentucky's uh, two best players say they they get in foul trouble and they're cold. They just rotate some people in. So that's what people that hate Kentucky and they don't really understand basketball. Kentucky's not dependent on one man. They're depending on the whole team and flow. They play great defense. And this team has better chemistry than, than last year's team. It took a long time for Kentucky to be able to come in last year and be able to start playing together. It was to the championship of the SEC tournament where they lost to Florida is where the, it's like the light went off for these guys that they could actually win. So Kentucky looks fabulous right now. Arizona, the team I'm watching out for. Wisconsin, of course. But the Gonzaga, that's a team that everybody's locked into number two. But you go look at their schedule. They haven't played anybody. They just go in this conference and they beat up on nobodies and, and they're getting rewarded for it. And Villanova is another team with a very great record that people are projecting as a one seed. They'll get knocked out in the second round of the tournament. Villanova is not a team that plays a tough schedule enough to be able to judge them. They beat up St. Joe's a couple of times, St. John's or whoever it is. But at the end of the day, their schedule, the main part of the Big East is gone. I mean, the best teams, Syracuse and some of those others left. So I just don't understand why everybody's in love with Villanova right now. Kansas, people lock them in as a two seed. But we're going to go all over the conference tournaments and the in the next week, we're going to discuss all of those. And the brackets, like I said, come out Sunday. So we're going to get our hands on those brackets, and we're going to start making our projections. We have Sonia and Jason. I see them. It's one of them. I'm going to bring you on in just a second. But before I do, I want to. we're going to talk some college basketball. We're going to talk some NFL. But I got a couple of emails over the last month. When I say a couple, it's about three. So three emails asking the question to me in the show like, hey, why do you guys not talk? So, Sonia, I see you in there, but I'm trying to get you on. Why do you guys not talk about Major League Baseball a lot? Why do you not talk about, you know, college basketball every week? But And, and the, reason, the reason we don't is because, number one, the fans on this show are, are football. I'm football mainly, and I love college football. That's what I do. But I talk about the NFL. I talk about college because that's what everybody wants to hear. But but those are the only two sports where the regular season actually matters. In college basketball, you you know, you can go 20 and 10 or whatever, and and you're in the tournament, or or 18 and 12, you, you can get in the tournament that way. But in college football, you have to win every game just about to be able to, to to be in this 14 playoff now. You can lose one, but it depends on who you lose to. If you if you lose to 
to Temple the first, second game, it's hard to come back. And, and you saw an Ohio State team that lost to Virginia Tech, and that's a, a prominent name in football. They, they're not as good as they have been in years past. They almost missed out on making the 14 playoff because they lost to Virginia Tech. So every game matters, not just the big ones. The small ones matter. In the NFL, it's not like college, but at least the regular season, you, you do have to win your games to get into the playoffs. The NFL is probably the second. You have college football where the number one thing is the regular season. That's why everybody is so passionate about college football. That's why everybody loves college football. And I'm going to bring Sonia on now that my studios cooperate with me, hopefully. Sonia, are you there? Hey, what's going on, Tarvin? How you doing? How are you? It's Jason and I. We're both here. What's up, Tarvin? Oh, good. Hey, Jason. How y'all doing? Doing good. First couple of sports on deck. What's up? As Medea says, how you doing? uh, How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) But I want you to answer that. I'll start with you, Sonia. You know, Mm -hmm. I got some emails about why we don't talk about baseball a lot. and, And the bottom line is, to me, that's not my passion and I don't think people tune in to Sports Talk Radio to hear about baseball. Do you? Nope. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> okay, no offense, because I am – I respect the sport of baseball. I played softball. My husband watches baseball. I was forced to watch Phil Necro and the Braves growing up every single <laughs> week during baseball season. So I do not watch baseball now, unless the Braves are in the, the World Series or the playoffs or something like that. I not watch baseball. It is not a sport that is a fast-moving sport, such as football. It is a very long game. And for somebody to sit there and talk about it, I mean, even unless it's a show specifically dedicated to baseball, such as ESPN's MLB show, most people just, you know, they go through the highlights, they hit the scores, any news that needs to be out there that people might be interested in, but Nobody really sits there and breaks down the players in the game except for true fans of baseball, where it's their passion. They just do the same thing we do except with baseball. Yeah, and the number of games, Jason. I mean, 160, what is it, 162 games? I mean, how fired up could you be about the regular season of baseball? I'm not. And, you know, I kind of treat basketball like, like – like baseball. Yep. I really don't pay attention till after the All Star break, and I really don't start watching it until the playoffs. Yep. Cause, I mean, Me too. That's why I love football. I mean, it's it's set number of games. Set number of games. It's every Sunday. But the regular season, Sonia, of football. And, Jay, and y'all know this, that every week matters. It's like you better be fired up and ready to bring your A game week that's one right. through 12, or you're not going to be in the postseason in the playoffs. That's why it's so special, and that's why people talking about, you know, increasing the number of teams in the college playoff, if, you, if you're not careful, you're going to lose what makes college football so special, why it makes it so special. That's, that's right. the regular season. That's right. It's too – the way I look at it is, like, when, I watch, when I'm watching a football game and I know, like, I know their schedule, they're playing this amount of games. Should they go, you know, beyond that, beyond uh, – should they have postseason play, then they've got this many games. So you can plan around that. You know what I mean? It's like this is what it is. There's no game that they can sit back and say, well, we don't really have to win this one because we're still going to make our division or we're still going to do blah, blah, blah. 
you can do that in baseball. You can do that in basketball. You can even do that in hockey. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can actually not like you can pull your starters and just say this really does, this game really doesn't matter that much. I'm not hyped about that. Okay, <laughs> I used to play basketball. Trust me, we. We love those games where it was like, okay, good. We ain't really got to put forth much effort. <laughs> but that's not something that fans, especially fans of professional teams, you know, it's, and I don't know, it's just too long. They need to, if they want to talk about baseball, start their own show. Shoot. Plus, <laughs> plus Tarvin, I have to say this too. <clears throat> For everyone who bitched about the steroid era, I watched baseball back then. Oh, yeah. It was exciting. too. <laughs> so I have nothing against, you know, the players that use steroids. It actually rejuvenated baseball. Now it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, Jason, you said that it's funny. I was up at midnight watching Barry Bonds and, and Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, whoever, trying to hit Barry Bonds on the West Coast. How fun was it, guys, to sit up at midnight and watch Barry Bonds hit one into the into the ocean, into the cove, the bay, whatever it was. I mean, it just – it was – you're right, Jason. That That's the last time baseball was exciting to me. Yeah, I was on that wagon. Yeah, that's when you can watch ESPN in the mornings and you wouldn't mind the baseball highlights because <laughs> you knew somebody was going to get some crazy home run. <laughs> you know, I, I played fantasy baseball, and Trey loves it, but I can't – I can't do I'm, it. I mean – I'd be bored out of my mind. a full-time job. It's a I couldn't do it. It's too much. And this is no offense to, to, to those fans of baseball. We're not downing the sport. We we respect the sport and we enjoy the sport. But for people who want us to sit here and talk about it, it's not our passion. <laughs> oh, Tarvin, if, if my twins are doing good, okay, I'm on that wagon. I'll watch them. But I ain't going to watch them when they're bad. That's right. But 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 would y'all tune in if tonight's episode was breaking down the spring training of the Detroit Tigers and all this? You'd be like, I'm gonna go watch paint dry on the wall, and then I'll maybe listen to to Tarvin <laughs> ramble on about the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, you'd be sitting here by yourself, <laughs> I'm for real. You'd be talking to you or whoever happens to be listening on here, because <laughs> it would but, not know, be I've us. Heard it from NASCAR people, you know what? If you love racing, that's great. I don't like it, and I can't talk about it. Jason, I know you love hockey and everything. That's not what I love I Formula One. Or what I understand, yeah. But I, I can't do it. I mean, it's football for me. I'll throw in some college basketball winter because you know what's bigger than March Madness, guys, and sports. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah, especially during the off season, and that's one thing. Jason and I were actually talking about that. It's like the one thing about the off season is you get to see either how well (laughs) or how poorly other sports, you know, run their games or run their playoffs or or their titles or whatever you want to call it. And it is just so funny because you see so many people with the same attitude that they have towards college football. Everybody wants to call like, oh, you know, basketball, they've got the best way to do it. It's March Madness, da-da-da. Dude, how many games are they playing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's a, you know, it's a good thing that you know you can kind of shut those people down who have those arguments during the college football season that we should be just like college football should be just like basketball or whatever. Nah, dude. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm gonna need you to just go and sit over there in the corner, just leave the the, the thinking to adults. That's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, hockey's my band aid. Yeah, and everybody has their own thing, you know, and 
and sports they love and 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 you know but when i when i've told people about sports talk radio and when you when you look at it the the main sports shows out there that get the most numbers are shows that talk about the nfl yep. college basketball our college football and you know the nba in a way the nba is bigger than what this show portrays it to be but again it's just too much the nba right. season is long and, and and it's great. That's why when the playoffs start, you can, you can talk NBA for two months and get through the playoffs. But, I mean, Jason, do you love talking NBA every night? Not every night. I mean, not a lot goes on every night. I mean, other than score updates. Yeah. I, now that it's playoff time, okay, yeah, we, we can talk about it every night. But basketball's like baseball. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Look at the way – this is all you have to do, Tarvis. If anybody's like us, because Jason has to get up like at 5, 5.30 every morning. So most of the time he wakes up, we always have the TV on ESPN in the mornings. I can tell you right now how many minutes ESPN devotes to every sport, <laughs> depending on where, what season it is. When it's post-college football season, baseball takes the lead. Baseball and basketball. And the rest is just filler. And then after that, they have a whole show devoted to baseball and then a whole show devoted to basketball, and then they show the same ESPN general show over and over and over again. There's not much happening unless there's news to report people. So if you want to talk about it, ESPN has you covered. Not even going north. They got you. And both baseball and basketball, Tarvin, they both say it over and over. It's a long season. Yep. And so what that tells me is they don't give 100% during a long season. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It's just some, some, some product to me. It's personal That's it. That's it. That's it, guys. You said it. You, you, and, Sonia, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, when you have a chance to ease off a little bit, do you think baseball players, they go out there and they go through – I've went to baseball games before watching the Braves, and it looks like they're at a – a job that they hate sometimes. It's because it's July, it's 120 yep. degrees, and they've played 100 games already, and they're just like, oh, my God, I can't do this again. Where college football exactly. has energy every week. The players are given 110%. They're trying to, to win a championship. And even the teams that, if they are three and four losses, they're still out there trying to make that, that BCS or whatever the – the six, the final six teams in the bowls or whatever it's called. I can't even think about it. But right. everybody's out to, to try to win. It's about pride. It's about playing for your fans. You don't get that in all these other sports. Maybe the NBA or college basketball a little bit, but, I mean, my God, the seasons are so long. They started in November, and here we are. And it's still They're still going in the regular season. I just can't get up for a sport that's that long. So, if you're baseball out there, Sonia, and I'll start with you first, and then I'll move to Jason. But, Sonia, if you're baseball out there and you run baseball, how do you get the America back into baseball? What do you do? Do you shorten the games? Do you shorten the number of games? What is it? I think, okay, like when you were just talking about the subject you were just talking about, Another thing is the series. These guys will have a seven-game series against this team or a five-game series against this team. And you're kind of like, do I really have to watch y'all play for seven games? Like, seriously, can we just do this in one? (laughs) Three games, man. Yeah, like, they need to shorten those series. Also, yes, shorten the season. I'm sorry. My grandfather was a 
true. That man loved baseball. Baseball was his passion. And when I say that's the reason I don't watch it now is because I was forced to watch the Braves when they <laughs> sucked with Bill <laughs> Negro on the mound and hearing him talk about it. And I would always say, why is it so long? It's just too freaking long. They just need to, to me, they just need to shorten it. I don't know, man. Bring the steroids back because I'm bored. <laughs> That's it, That's Jason. Nice. I mean, just what Sonia said. I mean, these are the, the fact is the games are four hours long and nobody can hit. But you know what? And I heard someone talking about this. College football and the NFL are longer. College football games are closer to four hours than they are three, and people are fanatic. So the length of the, the time the baseball games go, I don't think that's a factor. It's because the games are, are two to one, and nobody and the pitchers take ten minutes per batter to, to pitch. I mean, they're it just making, takes forever. They're, they're making steps, though, Tarvin, and there's one rule they're instigating this year that I absolutely love because it is my freaking pet peeve. There's The rule is going to be the batter has to keep a foot in the batter's box at all times. <clears throat> so no more of this cat and mouse of the, oh, back and forth. Of the batter and the pitcher. Because you know what they do. Yep. They, they grab their junk, they adjust themselves, they take some swings, <laughs> and they step out. And then we go through the same thing, and then the pitcher steps <laughs> off the mound. And then they both get together, and then finally they pitch the ball. But how long does that take? It takes forever. Yep. It's like a couple yep. breaks. <laughs> Wait, have you ever seen, you know, have you ever seen Talladega, uh, Ricky Bobby, the legend of Ricky Bobby? Oh, yeah. Tarvin? Okay. Yeah, you remember the end scene when they both crash? And the crash is like slow motion, and they cut the commercial and come back, and the cars are still yeah. crashing. That's what it's <laughs> like. Oh, Jason like, said no, it right with the, ooh, the cat and mouse game where they're stepping in and out, they're adjusting themselves, and you know, as an umpire myself, I'm I do I do slow pitch sometimes adult softball, and these these batters are up there doing the same thing because they watch it on TV, and it's a slow pitch ball, guys. I mean, yep. I mean, you don't. I could come up there with a broom, and and be uncomfortable and hit one. I mean, why do they have? To, it's just like the game of baseball is slow. And I switched over. I used to umpire baseball, Sonia, Jason, but I went to fast pitch softball because it's just so much more entertaining and faster. But I would die if I was a major league baseball umpire. I would. There's no way I could oh. do that for a year. Well, and, and see, and here's the deal, Tarvin. Because I've heard this from a number of retired baseball players, you don't fix the problem in the, in in Major League Baseball. You have to go back to little league. Yep. And you have to go back to high school and college because they got to turn. They got to change learned behavior. Yep. I give it. I mean, there are some pitchers. It's all business. They get up on that mound and they pitch away. I mean, there were like smolts. Yeah, like smolts. He didn't give a rat's ass. He boom. You know, take two seconds, get his thoughts, get the count, and boom. And there was no hesitation. But then he got those other ones, like Phil Necro. Oh my God! Got to get his emery board out. And- yes, that man. I swear, it took him three minutes to put to pitch one night. I sat there on the couch and I was like, "Okay, it's third out." And I'm sitting there, and my grandfather even got to the point. He was like, "Throw the blanking ball." <laughs> It just takes forever. 
But that's what they need to do. They need to get. I know it sounds bad. It, it sounds bad me saying this, but they need to get steroids back in baseball. Oh heck yeah! They need to reduce the season down to a hundred games. I mean, a hundred games. If you can't tell who the best team is after a hundred games, then there's a problem. You don't need a hundred sixty. I mean, it even had more. I mean, start it later. I mean, if you want to, or I mean, it, it shouldn't go into football season. That's the problem I have too. Is it goes all the way into October, and right, you're in the heart of football season in October. And it, I just think they need to stop it in about August. That would be a perfect time. They play a hundred games, have your All Star break in May or something, and then you're done. But you know what, yep. Tanya? That reduces the salaries of all these Major League Baseball players as well, and that's one problem we're going to have. Oh yeah, well that's the thing. Either they have to get a, a Derek Jeter. You know, you need a hero. Like every every sport has that hero that. You know that super Gary Cooper type player that never seems to have any trouble and is just like representing the American values and all of that stuff. Okay, in order to get baseball to get more people interested in watching baseball, you need to get a player like that, juice that mofo up, <laughs> and have him hitting like McGuire, Bonds, and Arod every single night. They, so you know it's a highlight. If they shorten the season time, I'm going to laugh my ass off because you're going to have these same athletes that complain that the season is so long, and they're going to say, no, wait a minute, hold oh, up. That's right. That's my money. money. That's my money. i got to play those games. <laughs> Think about the contracts that, I mean, I've never seen contracts this large in my life. You see, the NFL, they've got it now. they you know, it's really based off your guaranteed money is not as much as it used to be because they're finally getting it. Why does baseball sign these $200, $300 million contracts guaranteed money for these guys? That's what baffles me. They're, pay, they're pay, playing for the talent, but they're also paying them for – because think about it. Okay, if you're a football player, when do you play? Practice? And on Saturday if it's college, Sunday if it's pro, right? Or Thursday or Monday, just depending, NFL. But these guys are out there, like I said, those five-game series and those seven-game series, and you've got this guy using his shoulder every single night. He's out there throwing five hours a night, throwing the ball, trying to win this stupid game. And you want to tell him, like, you know, how long can you keep using the same muscle over and over again before it starts to wear and tear? So I kind of understand that. I really do. I'm not defending it, but I'm just saying I kind of understand some of these players, especially with baseball, with these long sports where you're also, you know, you're, you don't have the shelf life like you have in the NFL in baseball. You just don't. So these players are like, look, I'm going to give you – what like what's the how, how long was Chipper? Who was the longest? Was it, I know Chipper 20. was like one of the longest Braves. I know he was the longest one to yeah, stay at one team. He was about twenty. He was twenty years, I believe. Yeah, like something like that. So just imagine this guy's doing this the same sport for twenty years. You're going to pay him more and more. It's rare to see those type of athletes now. And they did Chipper wrong too. Yeah, I mean seriously, they you know it's rare to see those athletes who are with the same team for 20-something years, you know, it's going to be in and out. You know, new talent coming in, fresh blood coming in, the veterans got to retire. So these guys are kind of looking out for their future. But at the same time, dude, seriously, that much for this guy's arm? 
Can we meet halfway? <laughs> Yeah, six wins. It's like, come on. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just a lot. I mean, it's, I think baseball players, they, they earn their money, but they don't, you know, if you're smart out there and you have a kid, you want to raise him up to be an athlete, teach him how to pitch or be a baseball player because those guys' careers, you don't see people playing 20, 25 years in football for the, for the most part. You have about five or ten years at the most to, to really do anything. So, I mean, just think about it. Baseball players, the less, least amount of contact, and they make the most money. So if you're smart, Sonia, don't you don't you raise your son to be a baseball player? Yeah, I mean, I would. It's like I said before. That, I, I, to me, I think they should play whatever sport they want. I mean, you know, it's, it, you can't put something in somebody's heart that's not there. You can introduce them to it, but, you know, there's just like me, I got introduced to basketball and football. Okay, I played both you know, football recreationally, but my heart is football, but I can't be a football player. You know what I'm saying? Unless I want to draw some, join some female league. But <laughs> it's just have to let them follow their heart. My kid's playing golf. That's another, that's another well, smart choice. Great oh, no, you got to watch that, uh, what's, what is it called? Lights Out or something. you got to watch the, the Esquire TV. They're the ones with the Friday Night Tykes, but they've also got this new one on Golf Parents. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. Kill them all now. Kill them all now. <laughs> I swear, some people just do not need to have children. Oh, we got to bring up a topic, too, before you um before we end the show. Go ahead. Tarver. Yes, we got to go talk ahead. about fans, but go ahead. Go ahead. You start it. Let's go. Okay. So let me tell you guys about this wonderful adventure. Most people who know me from Facebook, they know that I'm in a lot of sports groups. They know I'm a sports chick. I deal in facts. I discuss opinions, but I will not debate a fact because you can't. It's just a fact. I get added to a lot of sports. I got added to a sports group last week by a friend of mine. And the main reason she added me is because there was, you know, one of those idiots one of the lower-tier Auburn fans, I call, uh, let's make the distinction. Brian Tarvin is an Auburn fan, okay? He's an Auburn fan because he not only supports and roots for Auburn, but he can respect other teams and he can listen, you know, look at other teams and show respect when it's due, all right? He does not just blindly hate Alabama or any other team. A Barner, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. So when I say Barner, we're talking lower tier. Now, Bama has those people too, all right? We got the top two. We got the teabagger and schmuckdike. So just imagine being in a group with a bunch of lower tier Barners, Bammers, Vols, dog fans, and these people do not understand the sport but will sit there and talk and debate and smack about something that makes absolutely zero sense. And let me tell you what the whole issue started from. <laughs> Let's talk about Alabama's national championships. Okay. Everybody wants to talk about Alabama's national championships, how many they claim, how many we claim, how many we don't, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is there is before the AP and after the AP. After the AP – Bama has 10. Before that, 
we have five that we could claim. We also have five other ones that we could if we wanted to. Do I agree with all the ones that Bama claims? No, I don't. But back then, every single team, there were different selectors, okay, different selectors to choose a national champion. So you might have five selectors choose Auburn while six might choose, you know, Ohio State or Michigan or something. But everybody had a right to claim those championships should they choose to. This is the problem, and it really started with a Barner and a Vol fan. The Barner and the Vol fan were trying to start smacking instigate, and they were talking about Alabama's national championships, and he throws out two poles, the, Hol- the Holgren and the Holgate. And he begins to talk about how they're crappy, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, obviously this guy has no idea. So I, I proceeded to let him know, well, while you want to talk about those two selectors, which are actually prestigious selectors, your team actually recognizes two championships from them. You also recognize one in 67 where you only had one selector crown you national champion. So my advice to some of these fans, before you start talking smack, make sure you know about your own team. Do some research. Don't be a stupid – it's bad enough that you're going to be a bandwagon fan, but don't be a dumb one, okay? (laughs) Go back and learn something about your team because it made no sense that this child is trying to sit here and tell me that he is an expert and he knows everything about Tennessee, but yet and still he can't tell me – I'm telling him about their national championships. And the same with Auburn. That's the most time that the fans are like that. That's exactly – they don't know anything about their own team. They're just there to put your team down. They have no idea. And I hear that on Fine Bomb when I tune in from time to time. Those mm-hmm. fans that call in and bash Alabama or Auburn or Tennessee, they don't even know anything about their own team. None. And and I really hate the fact, and, like, I've, I've been talking about the other ones, but the same goes for Bama fans because I have seen in that same group there were a couple of Bama fans that all they were doing was yelling the same stuff, posting 15 and national champions and, you know, Iron Bowl records. Dude, we're more than that, okay? So I need all of the bottom feeder fans for every single team in college football. I need you guys to do some homework during this offseason. You need to go back and learn everything you can about not only your team and the team that you root for. You need to learn about the sport of football, too. Okay, because it's very, very sad when we're actually trying to discuss a play in the game, and I've got somebody that's like, wait, what did he say posted something? There was some guy, we were talking about some play or something, and whatever he said, it just was like, wait, it would be like me saying um, if Tiger Woods made a birdie, that would be like me saying he made a touchdown. So take it like that. But we just really need these fans to start educating yourselves because the worst thing you can do is know more about your rival and be incorrect than you know about your own team. Sonia, hold right there. We've got a caller from the 323 area code. I'm not sure where that is. You're on Wayne Sports. Who's this? Brian Tarvin. This is the scorekeeper and the big dog from his daughter's wedding right now live. <laughs> wow. What's going on, guys? Not much. We had a call in. Big Dog's here. He uh, he he couldn't make the morning program, but I said I might as well razz him and call him to yours. Uh, he's right here, Brian. Big Dog. Well, Big Big Dog, congratulations on your daughter's uh, wedding. I know you're a proud papa tonight. 
Oh yes, it's it's uh, it's a fun time. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to run too much longer. They they cut it short, so but we may maybe we may party on somewhere else. We'll see. Maybe we'll go down to Rogers Place. <laughs> well, how's the, the what's show? the weather like in in sunny California? Is it sunny? Oh, it was so it was so bad today. I mean, we suffered so much. It was eighty two. Wow, it was seventy here, man. It was a summer day. Oh, there you go. I didn't know it was that cool over there. that warm over there. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets like that from time to time. So, so what's going on? Oh, nothing much. Just just having a good time. Just uh, making sure everything's going right. I was running around like crazy this weekend, and everything came came out perfect. So, that's all that matters. Well, that's good. that's good, man. Congratulations again, and and this is your. How many daughters do you have? Do you have one? I have three daughters. Uh, this is my middle daughter. Okay. Hi. Well, I know it's I know it's hard for every dad to give their daughter give his daughter away. I'm sorry. I said I heard it's very hard for dads to give their daughter away. So. Yeah. Yes, it was actually actually that one part wasn't bad. The, the hard part was the father daughter dance. Well. Congrats, oh, again, dog. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give well, you back to Roger. I'm going to go back in. All right. Congratulations. Tell her congratulations for me. All right. Thanks. Hey, Brian. Just wanted to call and harass for a little bit, man. You guys are always doing a great program. Hey, we appreciate Roger. it, buddy. All right, man. I, I, we're we're going to let you go. We'll let you guys go get back to business. <laughs> All right, take care, buddy. That was the big dog. His daughter got married today. Congratulations, and the scorekeeper joining us live. That was a, a a good call right there, just to to stop and say hello. So, see, Tanya, we do yeah. have some fans. That was so cool, though, <laughs> that they just called in to say hello. Yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome hearing about his getting married. Yeah, that is. That's, that's an awesome thing. Well, well, Sonia, here we are, and March Madness coming up, and let's talk some football real quick before we go. Are y'all ready? Yes. That's let's a dumb question, isn't it? POI. <laughs> that's a dumb question. Why not even ask if you're not ready to talk some football? But I don't know about you, Sonia, and how much you pay attention to the draft and Jason, but I'm excited about this draft. I don't think it's as great as in the years past. I'm always excited to see which players go. But, but Sonia, I mean, some of these players I see for Alabama, Auburn, and, and some of these teams, they don't get invited to the combine and different things. And the scouts say certain things about their skill set and everything. But one thing that I, I'm seeing that these guys don't judge is the heart of a player. I mean, they're, and how they play on game day. What I mean – how do you, if you're the NFL, how do you do a better job of selecting talent, really? Because I know a lot of these kids aren't being seen or looked at. Maybe they have some intangibles that that are just not being seen. So how do you get past leaving these guys out? Well, the thing is, they actually do. They actually do watch these guys as they're playing through the season. Anybody who thinks that the first time a scout has seen a player is at the combine is is fooling themselves. Okay, they have been watching these guys. They come to the games. They watch the games. That is their job. All they do is follow these players. Um, So they kind of know, you know what I mean? They might not have direct contact with them, 
you know, while they're while they're in college, but they are watching them. They are looking at off the field behavior and things like that. So don't think that just you know the combine is their only shot. You know, and when you look back, because there was there was a story I posted uh, that kind of it kind of bothered me, and um, it was about Jackson State University and their NFL Pro Day on their Combine Day, and what they did, and it was to me it was really really crappy. But the scouts, anybody who didn't run a 450 or better in their 40 yard dash, that was it. They were cut. They weren't allowed to go on, you know, as the other players are, and that's what they're doing to these smaller schools. And it's kind of unfair to me because, yeah. I mean, let's look at it. Somebody made a very good point when I posted it. They were like, Jerry Rice ran a 4.71. So what if he was in that, you know, in that group that you just said, okay, nah, we, you know, we don't have anything else for you. So it's alluding to what you're saying. I just think that there might, they might need to, to restructure or something to give some of these smaller schools or some of these players from smaller schools a better chance to you know, show themselves and they get out there. But they are watching them. It's not like they, you know, like I said, their first time seeing them is at the Combine. But I do think that there needs to be maybe some sort of restructuring in the way that they they take a look and select these guys. It's like an employer looking and saying, I'm not hiring anybody unless they made above this on the SAT. And and you, some people don't test well in in environments like that, but they're very good smart people and have a lot of common sense and have a lot to offer the intangibles. But yeah, I mean, it, I, and I think the NFL, they've talked about doing away with the 40 and doing all that crap because you know what, if you can run a four flat, that doesn't mean you're going to be a great football player. It just means you can run fast. There's more to football than running a 40 because I mean, you have to, you have to be big. You have to be smart. You have to, a lot of things. And, and you know, the 40 is a good thing to see if you're comparing two running backs in your system. Say your system's like Chip Kelly, Sonia, and Jason. You want a, a fast scat back running back. Yeah, 4-2 would be great. But, I mean, a 4-8 running back might be better than, than that guy. It just depends on what you're looking for. But but the 40, I mean, especially they're missing them, I think, with some of these defensive linemen, the offensive linemen, because, Sonia, you know kids develop. Jason, you see it too. Yep. They they develop after college sometimes. They hit a growth spurt, and now all of a sudden this this average offensive lineman is a beast, and guess what? You, you missed out on him. It's, it's all a crapshoot, Tarvin. It's Re- recruiting, recruiting for college football is the same way. It's all a crapshoot. I don't care if they're a five-star or whatever in college. And it's, it's, Sometimes it just doesn't translate to the NFL. And Trent Richardson. Yeah, or, you know, the situation these players get themselves into. I mean, I know if I was a, a five-star <coughs> breakout junior season, you know, shattered everything, I sure as hell wouldn't look forward to going to Jacksonville. Yep. You know, or some of these teams. <laughs> I mean, I can see it, but it's hit or miss. It is. It's really, you really can't. You can't sit here and say, because think about it. Look at Ryan Leaf. I mean, he's like the poster boy (laughs) for great college player and and didn't translate well in the NFL. The same with Trent Richardson. And and he kind of is an example of of some of the things you just mentioned, because I remember he, I think it was his uh, freshman, not junior, or sophomore season, when he came back and he was a junior or something like that. It was one of those summers. But he came back and he had just like bulked up like crazy. You know what I mean? So, and he had that speed. But 
I don't care how fast he can run if he can't hold on to the ball. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, I'm like you. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's telling me that this guy's faster than this one. But this guy right here can hold on to the ball. This guy can't hold nothing. This sport is <laughs> Yeah, this guy. No, you in the wrong sport, shout it. <laughs> but then you want to look over here, too, and you see the one, you know, like the Wonderlick, tw- the Wonderlick test. And my uncle, who was a uh, college coach, he actually coached at Jackson State University, football coach, Coach Walter Payton, you know, he developed these guys. And he told us about the Wonderlick because I remember asking him about that. And he said, what people need to understand, the Wonderlick has nothing to do with their intelligence. It has nothing to do with their intelligence. It's basically a test of how well they follow directions and what their thought process is. That's what the Wonderlick is designed to do. So all of these people who are talking about this person scored low or this person scored high, it's not about that. It's really about their thought process. It's kind of like a mental evaluation. So they do, they do use these different evaluations, but none of these can say, yeah, this guy's going to be great and this guy's going to suck because it could be the other way around. Look at Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, out of his draft class, Russell was like either the last or the, the next to last. And it was like, a, who was first? It was RG3 was second, and what's his name? Yeah, even that didn't pan out. Yeah. You know, but now look who's going to the Super Bowl, and where's RG3? Some of the greatest players firing came from the second, third, fourth, seventh rounds. Mm-hmm. And some of the smaller mm-hmm. schools. Yep. Every every draft you look at that, I mean, Tom Brady, what was he, sixth, seventh round or whatever, and he's probably arguably the best quarterback of all time. I mean, that mm-hmm. shows you how – and, you know, the Wonder League, okay, but if – and the way I look at it, Sonia, in any test you do – if you're comparing two people and you want two of these people, you want, I mean, you want both of them, but which one are you going to get? That's when the 40 times you compare together. Maybe you look at all these different tests together and see, but when you've got hundreds and hundreds of people just lined up, well, this guy runs the fastest 40, let's sign him up. No, it doesn't doesn't work like that. Everything, yep. when you, and that's why, that's why I like to combine with the quarterbacks, and some people disagree with me, but I like to see, uh, Blake Sims and Nick Marshall and these guys throw the ball. Oh, the yeah. same elements, the same environment, the same kind of throws where, you know, Auburn's offense is different. Nick Marshall doesn't get to make all those throws. Blake Sims the same way, right. maybe. But now you get to see these quarterbacks play on the same playing field, and that's a rare thing you, you get to do. That's why I like the combine for quarterbacks. Oh, no, we totally agree. Jason and I have – Jason has said that. We've talked about that, and we feel the same way because it's like – it, uh, like I said, people don't understand. I think they think that one size fits all, you know, mm-hmm. and it's no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Just like there's, what, how many different positions on a team, you're going to be looking at you need different skills for that position, and then you have some people who can play multi-positions, you know. So that's what some of these tests are designed to do or what they're supposed to be designed to do is to tell them, you know, okay, this guy, yeah, we know he's, we're looking at him for, you know, this, this position over here, but he might be good over here. Denard from Philly or from uh, U, uh, Michigan. Yeah, he's a good look one. At, look at Chip Kelly. I mean, everyone is saying Mariota's not going to be, not going to translate well to the NFL, but Chip Kelly knows Mariota will work in his system. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'll see Mariota going to the Eagles some way or another. They're going to try to get him. They they know their system. I mean, they know what players to plug in. It's just sometimes they just yeah. 
Yeah. Every every mm-hmm. NFL team does this, and I love this about the NFL. They have open tryouts. Yep. And that's how they don't miss those unknown kids because anyone can walk up and try out. Yep. That's a good one too. Man, there's so many. Forget, that's a good point. That's a good point, yep. Jason. And don't forget what people need to understand too. We had talked about this a few shows ago, but you're going to see a lot more. You're going to see college football look a lot more like the NFL, and mainly it's because of the talent that's coming back and forth. You've got NFL coaches that are coming back to college. You know what I mean? You've got these players that are coming back as, a, as coordinators, OCs, DCs. You know, so you're going to see a lot more NFL-type college football on the horizon. I'm I'm excited to see it. And, and you know, one thing about the NFL and college, they're competing with each other in a way, but in a way they respect each other's games. And they kind of, you know, they keep them separate, but in a way they're joined, if that makes any sense. And and, uh, I don't know if you heard about this. All the players are alumni, and then this is where they get their players from. You know, they have their favorite teams, like the SEC. They love the SEC, first of all, because when it comes to defense, that's where they're going. You know, it doesn't really matter what team, that player has played SEC defense. So an NFL team that's looking for, you know, a Courtney Upshaw or uh, what's the guy that was uh, – who is it that just left you guys that declared for the draft that was on your D? Uh, who was it? Uh, His name was can't Casey. Remember but, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's like they know, you know, that when they look for quarterbacks, they go to the Big Ten, they go to the Pack. So it's it's this is their farm, you know. College football is their farm team, so that's what I'm saying. You're going to see a lot of that, and you're, now you're seeing college come into the NFL via Pete Carroll, via Chip Kelly, via those coaches who are successful in the NFL. Well, let's let's turn real quick to the NFL since we're about some of the moves. What are your what are your thoughts on Dominic and Sue going to Miami? Is that going to make a difference? Man, please. <laughs> he going to be dirty wherever he is. <laughs> Miami's problem wasn't on the defensive side of the ball. It was yeah. on offense. So, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It can continue to suck for all I can. They were showing up. Yeah, but, he's just a player. Like I thought he would be more dominant in the NFL, and I think his dirty mentality, I just think he's ruined his name. You know, yes. he may not be the dirtiest player in the world, but – when you hear Dominic and Sue, what do you think of Sonia when you hear that name? Dirty player. And it's sad yep. because he, he's had some accomplishments on the field, but I couldn't tell you what they were because everything I, I remember him about is because he's fine. He stepped on Roger's leg or, you know, he late hit here, stepped on this person. It's like, dude, really? Come on now. You got to go through all of that. You just can't play. <laughs> and the the Eagles – and Jason, I'll start with you. What about the Eagles getting rid of Shady McCoy? Is that Chip Kelly trying to show, you know, he's the boss and he'll do it with any player? Or do you think it was a mistake? No, he's just saying you're not worth that much. Yep. <laughs> For my system. And he's I'm not, right. is he? He's no, not. and Chip knows in his system he only needs a serviceable freaking running back, and it's a running back who can get some yardage but can also catch the ball. And – you can get that in any draft. Yeah, he had that spark plug and, pro, and Sproles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, Sproles, I think about it, guys. Running back. That little, that little motor, man, he's amazing to watch. 
He got me mega points. I was happy to have him on my team. <laughs> but think about running backs right now. I mean, they're a dime a dozen, aren't they? I mean, their value is is not as great as it used to be because most teams use multiple ones. And, and, and you look at this draft coming up, Sonia. I mean, there's 100 running backs. If you want one, grab one. Yep. It, it, exactly. What you're doing now is you're just filling your cupboard. <laughs> yeah, receivers too. Yep. I mean, this draft is heavy on running backs and receivers. This is a pro offense. Like, the one last year was more, was more defensive-minded. This is more offensive-minded, I think, this draft this year. Yeah, and, and you know, what's a, I can't even think of his name right now. The running back from Dallas, what's his name? Murray? Um, is that his name? Demacio? For the Cowboys right now, what's his, what's his name? Like DeMarco Murray. You know, I mean, he's not really a hot topic right now. I don't think Dallas is really wanting to take him. They're not going to. They're not going to pay millions and millions of dollars for a running back that's got a lot of wear and tear and carries on it. They're going to put their money into a, a mother beater there, a receiver. But you know what? He adds more value offensively. Jerry Jones knows he can get a running back wherever he wants one. He's not going to sell the farm to keep one that's got well, – how long has he been in the NFL? About five or six years? I mean, that's a long time for a running back. Yeah, but one thing about Jerry Jones, he needs to – I mean, the, the Cowboys team that he had this season, he needs to keep as many in place as he can because that team would have been in the Super Bowl if not for that yucky backwards play call. <laughs> that team showed up. I got to give the Cowboys credit. They showed up. But we all know, you know, unfortunately, just like the Hawks used to do, hopefully they won't do it now, but every time you get that good combination where you saw a team that could, you know, they might not have made it, but you can see them going there, they always break it up. And hopefully he's not, you know, he's old enough and wise enough to realize now, you can you can maybe, you know, switch out one or two components, but you need to keep the majority. It's 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 yeah. going to boil down to basically this, Tarvin. How bad does Jerry Jones want Adrian Peterson? Uh-huh. And how much is he willing to give up? You know, he, he he's not re-signing Marco Murray because that's still in play. And I can guarantee you he's not going to come cheap. You know, he, he comes with a price tag. I mean, he's under contract for three years. and You have to dig deep. It's yeah, gonna, and, and it's not going to be a Herschel Walker trade this time. So Spielman, how old is Adrian Peterson? Look. If you just look at what Spielman did to Seattle when we, when we got rid of Harvin, and by the way, Harvin's not even there anymore. Right. We loaded up on draft picks. And the same thing is going to happen with AP if he goes to Dallas. I think what How old is doing, AP, 29? Yeah, I think so, 29. He's, he's as bashed up as DeMarco Murray. That just makes no sense at all. What you're paying for, what these people are paying for is reputation. And it's just it's kind of like it kind of goes back to when when Mark Ingram was drafted by the Saints. Me and Jason were like oh. that was just terrible because everybody the Saints are straight passing. They got a straight passing game. <laughs> you rarely see them running. So we were not expected to see Mark, and he didn't. Plus he was injured. You know he's he's got injuries. So now that the Saints are going, you know, getting away from passing and realizing that okay, we just can't win on. Um, What's his name? They need balance. Yeah, they need some balance there. So now you're seeing Mark Ingram step up, and you're going to see that. And I think that's what you're going to see with a lot of these other teams who were either, you know, dependent on the running game or dependent on the heavily dependent on each, you know, either or. 
they've got to balance it out. And so you're going to see a lot of teams drafting positions that you really didn't really see them traditionally, you know, worry about. I don't think you're going to see a kicker go number one, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, last year, who was that Carolina chosen? I was like, a kicker? Yeah. With the first draft pick? <laughs> what is you, Pamela? That's Pamela. <laughs> we need a kicker. <laughs> well, guys, I, I appreciate y'all joining us tonight. We're going to cut off at an hour right here. I've got the pregnant wife that needs me, so I'm going to make sure right. I do my husband duties. And I was going to say, I, I was hoping. I don't know if you had made the announcement, but I hope everybody knows that Tarvin has a little baby Tarvin on the way. We can't wait. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited about it, and it's going to be here before we know it. It's coming fast. That's right. Well, we we had fun. Thank you for allowing us to come hang out with you. We're glad you did a show. Tell Michelle we hope she feels better, and uh, I hope everybody has a great week. Team Minson just wishes everybody a blessed week. All right, y'all too. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. That was Jason and Sonia Minson, uh, regulars on the show. We love them here. And we're going to do a show Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're we're not doing the, the two nights a week because of we're just kind of slowing it down and getting ready for football. We'll go back to the two once we hit around August. About August, we'll go back to two shows. And we can squeeze one in here and, here and there before, you know, then. There's just... We don't want to do two right now, but Sunday night we're going to go through the brackets. We're going to start breaking them down, and probably that Wednesday night we'll do a show uh, or Tuesday, whatever we can do to make sure we get all the games in and preview, and we'll go through Jason Asanya's bracket, my bracket, Trey's bracket. We'll go through and get people's picks in, so it's going to be fun. So set your reminders, 8.30 next Sunday night, 8.30 Eastern time, that is, and this time change is, is messed up right now, so. Hopefully everybody gets some rest tonight and has a good work week. So we'll see you next Sunday. Take care.